Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire. And so we come together. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 24th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. (laughs) This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book, The Pigeon and the Phoenix. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is the rock, green-eyed music lover, <clears throat> as in the ROC rock. Okay, and last but hey, definitely hey, not you, least, in the sense. hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend, <laughs> Tracheon. Tracheon, how are you doing? Well, I am doing exceptionally well, if you must know. I have a little affliction, as you can tell. I've been uh, taking a closer look at lore, and I seem to have picked up some speech patterns of a certain Saint Fourteen, who we shall be talking about. Uh, we we shall get to boards. Uh, boards are the subject matter of this particular episode, if I have oh. read correctly. Bards, bards, <laughs> yeah. huh? Yes, boards. You must be sure that you do not so, squeeze board. Board does not. So, so, so touch, toss a coin to your saint. <laughs> We're gonna have a pay in or yeah, two. Yeah, we probably will. Uh, in any case, uh, Nice. So uh, we, didn't, we didn't even last thirty seconds, and we got pay and worked in. We have gone so many months without that name. <sighs> Pins is not in chat. That's I true. Pins, Pins is not in chat. Um, so, usual introductory question for you, Tracon. Where can we find you out on the internet? So, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. Um, you're also going to be finding uh, some of my. Uh, writings. I do write the fan fiction. Uh, and you can find that on an archive of our own, as well as on, well, I really should be updating fanfiction.net for those of you uh, who prefer that particular platform. Uh, and if you look really far in the back, you're going to find a Facebook page with a bunch of dust on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's like that too now. I haven't been back there oh, in a while. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I just cut it off and it has been so Oh, much better. Um, but, and so you said archive of our own, fanfiction.net, Twitter. Do you have a particular, is it the uh, Trekion? Is that your yes, pin name on is. all of them? That's going to be it... the name on everything awesome. I have. Also on Xbox. I uh, did have a PlayStation account, but I don't have a PS4. So sadly, I am one of those Xbox guys as far as Destiny is concerned. That's okay. You and you and Blue are in good company. Very good to know. So, mm-hmm. so 
You just have to convince him to hop on every once in a mm-hmm. while when he has the, the, the fabled thing called oh, free time. What, free time? What is this? What is this sorcery mm-hmm. that you refer to? Uh- <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a few other questions. And if you don't mind, kind of a little bit of a get to know you, because you are a community member that is up and coming in a project I know that I myself am also in, involved in. And I want to talk to you about that. But I also want to talk to you a little bit about just kind of your experience in lore and destiny yes, as well. Yes, so what is your favorite lore story oh, from destiny? Oh, good God. Um, it would be easier to ask what my <laughs> least favorite story is, if we're going to be completely honest. Um, I mean, generally, I do love the lore, but if we had to bring it to, like, a top three, um, one of the obvious ones, I think for most people, uh, is definitely going to be the uh, whole thing between uh, Dredge and Yor, Shin Malfer. Oh, God, that that is just a fabulous story. I know that I think Rick was ha- saying that he had a couple of issues now that everything is uh, completed. Uh, on that story, but honestly, I felt that it really wrapped itself up in a pretty interesting way, uh, just as far as Shen kind of having a sort of, you know, sort of give this idea of maybe exploring the darker end of ourselves, if nothing else, just mm-hmm. to try to emphasize the light. Uh, I do quite like that, as I said, um, but pertinent to, I guess, character creation on my end, I also have to give a pretty large shout uh, to the Mara Senna, uh, as well as mm-hmm. the Books of Sorrow. I did a really, Both really deep choices. dive on Books of Sorrow um, going back a couple of months. Um, and it's just absolutely fascinating how the deeper you look into the hive, the more Machiavellian their scheming becomes, and the more kind of um, just Lovecraftian the whole thing is. And I just adore it. Sounds like you've been diving into a little bit of Zavathun theories. Um, am I not speaking with her? <laughs> ah, very good. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I, um, I, yeah, that would be fun. I like playing yeah, evil um, characters. She, she's, I don't get she's to do it often. On, but yeah, Green is totally Zavathun. Green is Zavathun confirmed. Um. Yeah. Grandma. Grandma is Zavathun, remember? <laughs> Grandma, stranger danger! <laughs> Yeah, Grandma Stranger Dangers, right. I'm imagining Savathun with a grandmotherly voice, and it's just cracking me up. Anyways. um, That would be pretty awesome. Those stories are just fantastic. But there are a great many more uh, that I love as well. The lore is, in general, just fantastic when we're talking about Destiny. And I could speak about it for hours, which ultimately is the reason why we're here. Oh, yes. So with that in mind, was there like a particular, did you just find those lore stories automatically or was there a a reason you got into lore? Was there a burning question that drew you in further? Or were you always into lore with other games and Destiny lore just came really naturally? There's a really funny meme that I remember finding months ago um, where it's basically to say, you know, um, really of any fandom, but of course I applied to Destiny of... You know, I thought that uh, I would come into this and I would just be a casual fan, but then I just went, you know, why don't I just let it consume my entire life instead? Um, So that was part of it. There wasn't necessarily a burning question that really got me into it, but um, 
on a more personal note, and uh, things are going to get a little heavy here. Do apologize for some people out. Okay. Um, I mentioned uh, earlier on in the um, list show. Look out for that later. Um, that you know, I am happily married. You know, do have a wife, and unfortunately, um, when we thought about starting a family and we tried that out, um, she actually suffered a horrible miscarriage uh, the first time around. Um, And that was right about the time... Well, I had been into Destiny and playing it for quite a while, but there was suddenly such an element of... I don't know. I don't want to quite call it despair, but perhaps like my way of coping with that was to try to get absorbed into something. And actually, you know, we were actually talking about this earlier today. And for me, it Mm. was the destiny lore. It was finding, um, you know, Bice videos and, you know, Mylan as well. And just finding out so much in this vast story um, that really comes along with this world that we've decided to immerse ourselves into. And, it honestly helped. It was something that really got me through those times. I mean, thankfully now things are way different. I have a uh, little one who's doing quite well, as it turns out. So there, there is a happy ending. Yay. Um, but that was, it was that, and it was just seeing some of the stuff that the community was doing and getting together that really did pull me out of that. So um, honestly, um, that's one of those things where along with the fact that you guys are here and kind of expanding on that. Uh, Ultimately, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, just big thanks as far as that's concerned. Nice. Yeah, well, I'm glad you found, basically, we were talking about the RPG ability to just get lost in a world, and it sounds like that is just important Mm -hmm. on so many levels, even if it's on a very personal level. So I'm glad that you found that kind of refuge within not just the lore of destiny, but just kind of within the game in general. Absolutely. On top of that. So I have one more important destiny related question before we get into the, the not as much destiny related questions. And the destiny related question is in a very, very well established one here on the show. And it is important. And it is something that people might judge you for. (laughs) I have a feeling I know what this question is. Do proceed. That. Yes. What class do you play? Do you eat crayons? No, I do no, not. That's not what I'm, I'm asking. Okay. See, okay, so Cole and I, this that whole crayon thing mm-hmm. came from Mystical initially, and I was there <laughs> when it happened. And the whole the whole crayon thing, we've we've decided that Titans have their crayon thing, but the warlocks and hunters need their thing too. So Warlocks have tweezers oh, no. that they use to to open books and to pick up things, and they just they just don't get any their gloves dirty. Everything else could be dirty, but their gloves are pristine. So, warlocks have tweezers, and hunters have we haven't quite decided, but the last thing we threw around was baby blankets, essentially, like their little <laughs> binky blanket. <laughs> was it? That's I was fair. Say, that, that the whole I'll point? take that. I'll take that. Isn't that the whole point? Is it a weighted cloak? Is that what it is? Is that what we use to fight the insomnia? Yeah, oh my it's a, God. that's a great one. That is great. A weighted cloak. I love that. Yeah, but yes, Titans have their fun with crayons. But now we're gonna we're gonna make something for the other. Two I do have to say, well. I adored um, the one that she put out yesterday of 
uh, a titan taping a knife to a ghost. <laughs> now, let me see what you have. What are you doing? Oh, what are you doing? No. What are you... Oh no! <laughs> mm-hmm. Just oh gosh. Speaking of her, I want to talk about your involvement in the project yes. Termino that's coming out. So Cole's piloting this project. She's getting so many people together. At this point, I think the last count she gave me, she has 54 or 56 people involved in the creation mm-hmm. of this show. Which for listeners who may not know, if you're not on social media or anything like that, Termino is a machinima, a Destiny machinima created by Issa Cole who is the writer of Bad Destiny Joke, as well as Shaq's Motivation. And Rindle, or Trekion here, is one of the characters. Yes, indeed. And do you want to talk about that a little bit while we're kind of doing the introductions um, Well, of it? as such, what's kind of interesting about it, because, of course, I'm not going to give that much away, um, but what's mm-hmm. really kind of cool about the way that everything has been brought together is just... Um, Seeing the level of just sheer talent uh, that has come together on this project, just coming from all the different uh, perspectives, like not just, you know, from the voice acting perspective, but just in terms of, you know, some of the techniques that people have come up with as far as camera movement, like some of the cinematography uh, that we've seen in some of the like test footage and like proof of concept stuff. It is looking so good. Um, basically speaking, when you were talking about my own involvement in this, um, mine is a little bit more, from my understanding, a minor character, at least for now. So we're going to have to see where exactly the story goes. And of course, I am as excited as everyone else within this little tight-knit community to see where exactly this takes us. Yes. And have you, so I don't remember, I know the voice actors have recorded episode one. Were you on I that episode not. or you I'll be, I'll be coming, coming later, later in this season? season. So you want to, you want to know, it's not a secret to you necessarily because mm-hmm. you're in the server, but to a, a secret to the oh, FFC hi. people, I have oh, a small... Oh, hi, Cole. I may have mentioned that. I we heard someone was talking about my project. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. sorry. Uh, did you sneeze loudly? Was that the indication that uh, we were talking about Termino? Is that what's going on? Her nose itched. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, I was also going to say that I have a small role in the project as of yet. I'm The character is still getting fleshed out, but I know that I am slightly evil. Oh, which is yeah, Savathun is slightly evil. I'm not Savathun. Yeah, Savathun is slightly evil, and uh, Drew Carey, before his dieting, was slightly overweight. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Drew Carey looks very strange now, not overweight. <laughs> Just gonna put You're that out there. You're not wrong. But, as far as Termino and everything like that goes, it's exciting <laughs> to see what would say. where the project is going. <laughs> Shh, Black Flag, I'm not Zavathun. I promise. My, I do know my character's name, but I'm not Zavathun. My character's name starts with a C as well. Just saying, if you so. take a C and you put an extra little bit, it does become an ass. Zavathun confirmed. You are not helping anything. The writer is right here. The writer is right here. Stop it. I don't want to become Zavathun. She's like, she totally wants but. to be Salvathun. Anyways. 
<laughs> but as far as the show goes, if you want to see the pilot, there were there was the um, kind of like the the teaser trailer that came out. And I don't have links for that right now. I'm sure if I ask Cole nicely, she will see send them to me so we can put them in show notes for people who would want to see that. If you'd like to see the um, the trailer and the, pro- the how the production is going, it is really well done. Like there are modelers, there's voice actors. There, it's not like Red versus Blue season one. It's it's beyond that at this point already. Now, granted, we're not at the the animation style that uh monty ohm put in like season nine and everything but it's it's really well done so let let us move on blue do we have any sort of special announcements we do actually uh actually it's more of a well it's not really a special announcement it's more of a question to the community um I want to know from people who are listeners um, and who actually are, you know, interested in the the kind of the notes that we put together. Um, I'm curious if we should start using mind maps again. Uh, basically, the reason why I ask that is with the new layout of preparation for the show, uh, Green and I are able to kind of preload the topics. Uh, and so what that translates into is I actually have time to uh, not just do some more research, but also time to kind of percolate through my thoughts and, you know, make sure that they actually make sense a little bit more, uh, which is actually the, the whole lo- the point of the reason we changed that for 2020. But I'm curious if, um, and no, I'm not going to break the website Black again. flag. I promise. Ironically, uh, Ironically, we're talking about a character that would continue yeah, to break the yeah. website tonight. I, I so. will be retouching that mind map probably, but I'm going to have to figure out a way. Oh, uh, uh, I'm going to have to figure out a way to extract the information from that mind map and put it into a probably a CSV or something. Because yeah, I can't even open that mind map anymore. I think Mindmeister just gave up. Uh, but so I'm actually curious because with what I'm doing with the lore network is we post our show notes over there once a week on Friday. And so what I would, I was going to be, I'm interested in is if we put like a link or if I did manage to figure out a way to embed the mind map into those posts, would that be, would that be something that, you know, our listeners would actually find of interest or of use, um, because they do take time. Uh, it will take time to put together. It will take time to make sure that it makes sense, you know, and that it's polished. And I don't, and I mean, to be blunt, I don't want to put time into it if it's not going to be any, you know, it's not going to be used by anybody. Because I have my notes handwritten. So it's basically translating those into a mind map for everyone else to look at. Um, and so that's where I just kind of am curious if there is any interest or any, um, any, you know, desire to see that type of information. Uh, just let me know. Uh, anyone who's listening to the podcast, I, I definitely wanted to put it near the start of the show so you no know, one skipped over it on accident. But I want to know. So just either email us uh, to the Focus Fire Chat at gmail.com. I'll email. Put her tweet too. Yeah. And I'll also, I'm available on Discord. Green's available on Discord. Uh, you can throw it mm-hmm. in general chat. You can private message me on Discord. That's fine. Or Twitter. My DMs are open on Twitter, uh, or you can tag us or tag Focus Fire or shoot Focus Fire a DM, whatever. I mean, like Green said in the top three, which will be coming out, you know, later, 
it's we we've kind of tried to bring down all the walls that prevent people from communicating to us. So really, if you get a message to me or Green, we're gonna I'll know about it. But I'm just curious, mm-hmm. you know, do is there a interest in getting those mind maps rolling again? Um, because I actually theoretically have time to do them. Um, so yeah, just uh, yeah, dancing for you. I'll, I'll be expecting that owl to be here next week. Um, <laughs> sorry, chat chat sending an owl. Uh, so we're going to do Al post. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, that's that was my my special <laughs> announcement class community question. I just kind of curious on that one, but um, but that's that's all I got. Uh, hopefully, cool. we will be getting some stuff figured out with posting schedules on the Lore Network. We're kind of progressing through uh, discussions on that. Uh, so if you do have any interest, if you do have anything that you would like to post on the Lore Network, uh, use that site to you know get your articles out there or if you have you know podcast or you know anything that you create that you want another avenue to advertise for that has to do with you know exploring uh story analysis as a whole not just with destiny but anything uh please 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 let us know we are we are definitely always interested in doing stuff like that but um enough enough of my chatter uh, i know everyone is actually looking forward to diving into this particular discussion so i'm going to run through standard housekeeping notes real quick and then gonna hand it back over to i believe green i think green's up on the chopping block uh to run us through a kind of a cocktail knowledge so last episode we discussed dawning delights with dr jazzy bebop If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to let us know by giving us a shout over on Twitter, leaving a comment on Podbean, or sending us a quick email at focusfirechat at gmail.com. Reviews or comments on where we can improve are always welcome. They let us know what we can do better to create a more enjoyable experience for everyone. To all who have already sent feedback or left us a review, thank you. As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topic will be posted here, so for the additional information and guest details, be sure to check out the site. Our next topic is going to be the lore book Constellations. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in on the conversation. We can't wait to read what your thoughts are. But for now, let's get back to the show. Green, can you lead the charge? (laughs) Yes, so... Pigeon and the Phoenix. Now, I, before we get into the actual scenes of the book, I want to talk specifically, and we kind of touched on this before we started recording, the title of this book, because we have the title of Pigeon and Phoenix, which is fairly, fairly easily understood, luckily. Now, Pigeon, of course, it, we have St. 14's ship, also called Pigeon. We have St. 14 and the lore talking about pigeons if you stand by him long enough he talks about the pigeons the guy kind of has a slight thing for pigeons so that one makes sense but i asked blue 
before the show started recording and everything about the phoenix. Is the phoenix a representation of Osiris? Which I think at a very, very surface level, you can easily say 100%. But diving deeper in, I wondered I wondered if there was any pushback against it. So, Blue. Uh, I mean, I guess really to kind of start the response to that, uh, to look at the phoenix as a, a symbol in classic mythology, uh, the general definition of a phoenix is a unique bird that lived for what was referred to as five to six centuries within the Arabian desert. Um, and it was renowned because at the end of that time, it would burn itself on a funeral pyre and then rise from the ashes with renewed youth to live through another cycle. Uh, the Phoenix actually does have a long, uh, a, a root in, uh, Greek folklore, but it's also noted by a number of, uh, writers that it was connected to the Egyptian, uh, I believe it was the Binu. Um, and hang on real quick. Let me grab this article from Herodotus. Uh, 5th, 5th century BC, Herodotus gave a uh, account of the phoenix where he says, quote, The Egyptians have also another sacred bird called the phoenix, which I myself had never seen except in pictures. Indeed, it is a great rarity even in Egypt, only coming there, according to the accounts of the people of Hel- uh, Heliopolis, once in 500 years when the old phoenix dies. Its size and appearance, if it is like the pictures, are as follows. The plumage is partly red, partly golden, while the general make and size are almost exactly that of the eagle. They tell, of, they tell a story of what this bird does, which does not seem to be seem to me to be credible that he comes all the way from arabia and brings the parent bird all plastered over with myrrh to the temple of the sun and there buries the body in order to bring him they say he first forms a ball of mirror as big as he can find that or as big as he finds that he can carry then he hollows out the ball and puts his parent inside after which he covers over the opening with fresh mirror and the ball is then exactly the same weight as it is at first so he brings it to egypt plastered over, as I have said, and deposits in the Temple of the Sun, such is the story they tell of the doings of this bird. Um, end quote. So, it's a, I mean, we have acknowledgement of a connection there between one of the original myths of the phoenix and Egypt, uh, which then, you know, you can go further and extrapolate the connection between Osiris and Egypt. Um, you know, it's... There's a lot of implied connections to state that um, when you say the phoenix, especially in conjuncture to the pigeon, we're talking about Osiris. Uh, If you look at the contents of the book, this is predominantly the story of Osiris and uh, saints relationship uh, from before they had known each other to, you know, pretty much present day to their uh, reconnection after we have pulled him out of the uh, the infinite forest. Um, so that being, so the short answer is yes, I think Osiris is the Phoenix being mentioned here. There are a few um, wrinkles in destiny lore. We do have mention of phoenixes elsewhere. Uh, there is the phoenix that is referenced in the Crucible. There is the phoenix that's rep- referenced in the Sunbreakers. Um, so there, there are other connections 
to Phoenix, but again, given given kind of the context clues, if you want to use that word, uh, within mm-hmm. this book, I find it difficult to say that the Phoenix is not meant to be indicative of Osiris for for in this context. So here's a really weird question to kind of follow up, and this is a question directed at both of you. Is this the rom-com version of Osiris and Saints meeting? Because there are moments in this book that are pretty funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I think that defers to the readers, the audience's understanding of what their relationship is today. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. The bromance is strong with these two. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, no, no. But that being oh, said, yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like I've had, I've had, I feel like I've said this before. It doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. Oh, I, right. But that's what I'm meaning. Like a rom-com can be n- not necessarily a love story. Right. Well, well I, I, and I, I'm identifying because there is a lot of calls on the internet for these two to ship together. Um, well, okay. There's a lot of calls for many different characters to ship together that really shouldn't like i love you she bear but i really don't ever want to see zavala and hawthorne ship just saying like that one that one is just weird to me gonna call you out a little bit on the show sorry about that i mean i know cole shipped up there she is Uh uh-huh yep i know i mean i I mean but again if because like saint is very um, Saint is very focused on the goals that he has, uh, which is a large part uh, regard. It's actually a large part and due to our involvement with him. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, he refers to he refers to Osiris as his brother. Um, in and not just not just in the title. We'll we'll kind of talk about Geppetto and the terminology there. But he also refers to him as like as his brother. He asks if his brother is there, you know. And, and so there's there's a few things that I'm not saying that there's not a connection. Uh, I'm just curious on if the connection is quite what the uh, the darker corners of the internet are hoping for. The darker corners that Cole. Oh yes. Hang out in every well, once I mean, in a while. there is that whole aspect, uh, and uh, shall we simply uh, sum up those darker corners by saying, "Ah, uh, yeah, the helmet stayed on." Um. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. You gotta love the shacks. But again, ship. even that, like even that, you can read that in several different oh, ways. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. Like, is it is it that <clears throat> certain activities took place, or is it simply right. that shacks? Happened to recite a whole play of Shakespeare with his helmet on. Like, I mean, it depends on how innocent and naive you want to go, right? <laughs> I, I'm somehow imagining a doffing and, of the and... helmet of Shaxx just for the purpose <laughs> of doing the Hamlet soliloquy of just. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, okay. As far as doing Shakespeare, Shakespeare is not necessarily an easy set of like monologues to do i can imagine you get pretty warm in a helmet trying to read shakespeare just saying like even Macbeth's soliloquy is not an easy one to do just because it's no. so in-depth and you have to get really 
so, suddenly, anyway, I, suddenly, we're going to divulge from my wife, like saying, like he's holding up, um, like a gun and just going, "Alas, poor Yorick, <laughs> I knew him, Horatio." <laughs> oh, good. you know, I really want him to do that. I want there to be a line in Crucible while you're running around, just something random. Shaq there says, "Wise, uh, there was something. almost that bit of like." It's just... But Hark, he yells about his haggis. Yonder window breaks. Right. It is the east. Uh huh. He does like the yeah. I am crimson days. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. You gotta love the crimson day lines. Gosh. Okay. (laughs) We gotta do another episode on Shax at some point. Just saying. Shax is fun. Shax is so much fun. Of course, though, this is the week we do have Iron Banner in the tower, which naturally just has to be going. Shax. Can you come get me? Uh, Saladin's in the tower mm. again. He's just talking about being the wolf or whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, Saladin, Saladin's grumpy old man. So, as far as going back into Pigeon and the Phoenix a little bit, there is a basic rundown of scenes in the in the yes. story. So I'm not going to go into each card individually, but there are kind of... You can call them scenes of a play that we're going to get throughout this book. You have scene one. Saint and Marin rendezvous with Tiv, who has six, quote-unquote, souls, refugees, That is, is that she is escorting back to the ship when disaster happens. Fallen flares light the air and a spider tank drops nearby. The carrier ship, <clears throat> which the souls, the refugees, including some children, gets blown up. And all the all the refugees die. Tiv is fine, of course, because mm-hmm. a guardian. But Tiv and Saint and Marin take out the spider tank. Scene two. Osiris and Sagira get ambushed out in the wild while by a warlord Rake. And Osiris defeats him easily and encourages his ghost to find a new Risen. Which implications there with that one. Yeah, and point of order on that, Osiris did not encourage his ghost. Well, Osiris's ghost encouraged. Yeah, Osiris Sagira. Sagira Sagira let his that ghost free. Osiris was going to do some really bad stuff to that ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be just to just to clarify, Osiris was not the good person. Well. He was not the bad person, but he wasn't the stand-up good guy. Well, I mean, he's still not exactly a stand-up good guy. Well, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. This is true. Uh, scene three. Osiris and Saint-14 meet underneath the Traveler, and I think this is <clears throat> their first time meeting is kind of the way that yes. I gathered yes. it. Saint, Saint is cooking. <laughs> Sagira butts in and introduces them to Saint. After Sagira's after Sagira, at Saint's request, leaves to take food to others, because Sagira takes a bunch of food off. Osiris and Saint fourteen talk about their own purpose and everything. Mainly Saint talking about purpose and Osiris being kind of the grumbly Osiris that we know. And then Saint suggests that Osiris talks to the speaker. Also, Saint is a terrible <laughs> cook. Yes, Saint. Does this taste slightly burnt to you? No, not at all. <laughs> says says the yeah. exo who probably can't taste. We don't, we don't know. know. No, we don't know. But 
so fast forward a little bit, we get to scene four. You have a battlefield. Eight ghosts are separated from their lightless guardians. One guardian, a female Titan remains, but is paralyzed by fear, essentially, until St. 14 arrives and encourages her to stand and fight. In a different location you have of the battle, Osiris is using some some tricks that we haven't exactly seen <laughs> to help stem off the fallen onslaught. <laughs> Scene five. After the battle, life springs up around the traveler and uh, uh, after up around the traveler after the battle of six fronts, Zavala drives the final tassel poles to form a war, ward clash. I wondered if blue, if you're going to touch on that later. Yes, I will touch on that. Well, I will ask about that later. Shax entertains children with theatrical stories of heroism. And I found this part interesting. Anna creates fireworks. Hunters do. Hunters are Osiris. people. <laughs> yes. Osiris is absent. Scene six, Osiris skips the rem- the remembrance and instead convinces Ikora to go in his stead. The speaker and Osiris speak, and the speaker <clears throat> asks for Osiris to stay and that his consul is valued. Mm-hmm. Scene seven. And this kind of, it seems like each one of these scenes, these groupings, are kind of sort of taking place around the same time, is at least the way that's uh, kind of written. Some, some of them are... Uh some of them have time jumps included or involved like right the, yeah. right yeah like first three are pretty close i think or i get the feeling that the first three the are, battle is the same the battle and then scene four to seven slash eight um is pretty close together and then nine is somewhat after right. that and, the and last then ten is ten is separated yeah ten is current oh, yeah. or no right well like leading up to present day the very the very last right. entry is current. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know if that's if that's your scene ten because I think scene ten you're talking about something. Scene else. ten is technically broken up into two. Yeah, like there's, uh, yeah. It, scene ten is two different like things going. Gotcha, on gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Officially. So yeah, but the so, last entry, I mean, it, it goes from beginning of the relationship all the way to, I would argue, current events. Yes. Uh, Battle of Six Fronts happens. The city is basically popping up. Osiris skips the remembrance. Saint 14 and Scene 7 is walking through the city. The people bring him offerings of their support and adoration as his name becomes synonymous with Guardians. So this is the legend of Saint 14 starting. Fun fact, there is mention of singing in this card. Which, if you are a fan of Focus Fire Chat and have been with us with any for any significant part of time, you will know that the debate on the pay it's been settled. It's been Has settled. It? You can, but it's you can still buy. I, I did not take down the stickers, uh, so you can still. Or the shirt. I think. Do we have the shirt still up? Uh, I thought the shirt was still up. Okay. Pay and confirm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shirt and the stickers yeah. are still on our store, so you can still argue all you want. But <laughs> yes. So uh, after that, Saint Fourteen and the Speaker stand atop the tower. Then Osiris, the Speaker, and Ikora discuss whether or not Ikora should take his place as the Warlock Vanguard. Osiris is basically trying to convince the speaker to just let her stand in for him, even if he won't make her a full <clears throat> vanguard. 
And then scene 10, which is technically the last couple of cards, which is also technically broken up, is just a couple conversations that happen between Geppetto, Sagira, Saint, and sometimes Osiris mm-hmm. as well. So just a couple different conversations happening. Over that, the as years. well as um, there's that one, and it's second to last uh, card, if I'm remembering right. It almost is kind of a poem, it seems. Oh that's my like, god. Mm. Yeah, that seems I'm to so, be uh, yeah. told from Osiris's point of view. So, but that being said, like it, it is yeah, like the... he is talking to Saint in that particular instance. The there's a few entries in Pigeon and the Phoenix that are haiku esque, but they're not actual haikus because they don't technically follow the syllabic. Blame format. blame <laughs> is blame is I. Oh my gosh, that entry, i that's the one I've actually spent a lot of time sitting. I love the entry, but I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, I, I do terrible with like structure of things. Like I can talk about the imagery and the symbolism and all that, but, but like the, I, I think I messaged Green about that. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. What is this layout called? Because like, here's the thing. When you're talking about, like, traditional haiku, um, obviously we have the whole uh, ascribing of the whole um, 575 rule as far as the syllabic things. But if you're really talking about, Mm -hmm. like, going back to, like, regular Japanese culture, they rarely ascribe to that syllabic rule. And in fact, a lot of the times, uh, that can be broken and specifically done in such a way um, that it sort of enhances... Um, what it is that's ultimately trying to be done, which is the whole point of haiku is to impart a feeling onto the reader. It's mm-hmm. to... Which is why I'm convinced that it is a haiku. Of sorts, yeah. Because, that's, that's kind of my... Yeah. That was my... Um, I guess that's sort of what I wound up kind of postulating. On yeah. There are other... To counterpoint, there are other syllabic Japanese styles of poetry mm-hmm. out there yes. that do mm-hmm. have true, different true. formats. So I say that it is haiku-like as far as like the most recognizable form. It theoretically could be a few others as well. But <clears throat> as you're saying, it can be bent. Those rules can be bent. That is the purpose of art in general. So the, needless to say, they are short poems in a very syllabic, very structured, very deliberately structured format. So, from there, though, do we kind of want to dive into some of the different characters? I mentioned mm-hmm. a few of them, but do we want to go into any of their backgrounds at all? Blue? Yeah, um, so we actually have a couple new characters introduced, and uh, we also have a couple old faces that remerge. Uh, one of the new characters that gets introduced is a warlock who goes by the name Marin Oru. Uh, this is a predominantly void walker, it seems, who and we only see him use void energy. And uh, there's a couple other things that will kind of connect him specifically to the void. Uh, but Marin was the warlock who assisted Saint in aiding another character that we get introduced to, Tiv. Uh, in a rescue attempt, uh, uh, ultimately a a failed rescue attempt. Uh, But we also do hear later on in the book that he was returned to light. He was killed permanently Mm -hmm. because Saint remembers him by lighting a void lantern or one of the the paper lanterns that you see during the Festival of the Lost. Um, 
he lights a lantern with void light and does it in memory of Marin. Uh, so Marin definitely has a lot of connection to void in the short little scenes that we do see him mentioned in. Um, the fact that he has two names is pretty, it, it makes me think that he's an awoken. We don't have confirmation on that. Uh, but it is something that I've noticed that awoken tend to be the only ones that have two names. Ex- like just like the exo exos have the dashed number. Um, humans kind of are it's a it's a it's a coin toss like it just depends a lot of humans don't actually are not initially communicated as having two names like except for like anna bray like and that's anna bray comes to mind hawthorne who else do we have but soraya is not a guardian no but we are talking about like a character existing within the universe well that's true i mean that being said I I I also kind of got I got Marin Oru makes me think Awoken. Yeah, it, it certainly it's just is a, an it's just a god. Yeah. yeah, it's um we all, and then I mentioned Tiv Tiv Lucen is a female. We do find out that Lucen's ghost is named Ghost, so it's yet another ghost uh, without a name. Uh, ghost, ghost Ghost. The question on her is: Is she a warlock or a hunter? Uh, Kind of. I think she's a hunter. Yeah. I originally With thought so. So I originally, really I agree. I, I did originally get the sense that she was a hunter. I went back and read it a couple times. It's never specifically called out whether or not she does a landfall esque attack, and then she also uses a blade. So, does it mention a blade it or a staff? It mentions a blade. No, no, no. It's, it's a yeah. it's a blade. It's blades. Okay. It's not. It's not a staff. Because I mean, I I read back over that that entry like five or six times, trying to mm-hmm. figure out. Okay, she's definitely uh, she is definitely affiliated with Ark. Um, right. mm-hmm. She is the one who actually kind of initiated the whole rescue attempt that we are originally introduced to Saint in. Um, but so she's actually the one who calls Saint and who calls Saint for help. Saint like basically gets Marin to come along with him. Marin makes a com like Marin makes a point that he he is only there because Saint asked him to. Um like multiple times Marin makes this point. And uh so there there are three of them are I get the feeling that they are kind of a pseudo fire team in a, in so far as that they're concerned. Mm-hmm. Um it should also be noted that this was it seems a little bit prior to the formal construction of the city um that oh yes. that being said tiv was trying to bring civilians to a settlement for safety so i'm not sure exactly how much of a jump in time we're talking um well it seems there okay so what it seems like with so far in the book that at least by the time we get to the battle scene that there is some sort of construction maybe not of all the walls completed because remember six fronts was not no yeah 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 well and then also within the next segment with osiris uh with the he's out in the wild too he's out in the wild but when he defeats reich um the ghost returns the traveler to look for underneath so there there is a gathering that has started there is a gathering that has started underneath the traveler at the time it's just not been formally you know building. Ephrodite hasn't started going around collecting people. 
which is something that we'll talk well, about in that's, next Yeah, weeks. that's a mention that they, they make that agreement with the warlords, or essentially mm-hmm. the iron lords, I guess, rather than the warlords. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Saint-14, obviously, we have him introduced from the very get-go, male, exo. Uh, we do find his ghost's name is Geppetto, uh, which is a very interesting I'm a real boy. Well, and so the the interesting thing about Geppetto is that it's a female ghost. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Like I, I, and Geppetto has a very, um, and now I'll talk about this more in the advanced episode. But Geppetto has a very specific way of uh, speaking. Uh, her 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 sentence structures, are, especially with regards to addressing other guardians, is very unique. Um, that actually connects to something i'll talk about later uh so and then we get osiris in the next scene uh obviously male human uh sagira we already knew sagira but sagira is present uh we are introduced to a number of different abilities that we will definitely get into with the advanced episode uh you know he can dim himself uh and i agree with green on this i think that refers to his light not his actual visibility um, he basically makes himself appear to not be arisen, uh, is the, is the sense that I got from that. Um, he also has the ability, we, we have confirmation that he has the ability to project reflections of himself outside of the forest, as well as the ability to weave something called Inferno and also the capability of seeing, it's almost like he's omnipotent or, uh, um, uh, Omniscient. Omniscient. Thank you. I always flip those. Um, he can see events in the formation of a giant, like basically a giant pattern, uh, and that's a it's a really interesting, really interesting connection with a few other of the records that got released before Season of the Dawn, uh, which again we'll talk about that in just in the next episode or the advanced session. Uh, another new character we got introduced to is a warlord who goes by the name of Reich. Um, we don't get confirmation of, uh, species. I kind of think he might be human. The group that he was with was, was a, it was listed as a group of humans approached Osiris. So I'm assuming Reich was human, not specifically confirmed on that. Uh, he is male. Uh, Osiris returns him to light. And then his ghost is uh, sent back, or his ghost is released from Osiris's threatening grip by Sagira. And we get confirmation here that ghosts are able to resurrect more than one person, uh, which we'll definitely probably talk about a little bit in the advanced session. Um, we have mention of the speaker. Uh, speaker is prominent in the latter half of the book. For we actually get a clarification on Speaker and Osiris's relationship, which is really nice. Actually, I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed the speakers the the revelation of the Speaker in both this book and Constellations. I think I, I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ikora also makes an ex- uh, presence. Uh, Fellwinter is mentioned, which uh, the the importance of that is that this does give us a timing another time touch point uh in that osiris is coming to the last city after fellwinter 
described the settlement as a foothold oasis to him. So we get confirmation that, A, the Iron Lords are being very heavy-handed in gathering people underneath the Traveler. And then also it gives us the timing of this encounter between Osiris and St. 14 as after the relationship was established between Osiris, Felwinter, and Nirwin, mm. uh, which is an interesting little, just a little, it, it doesn't really make any huge connections, but it's just a little interesting tidbit there. Uh, the last big uh, character that we get introduced to is a female. Uh, we don't, I, I don't know if she's human awoken. I know she's not Exo. Uh, Elric. Elric is a Titan who is a member of the Firebreak Order, uh, and her big claim to fame is that she was the one that assisted Saint Fourteen during the Battle of Six Fronts, and it, she was the she was the Titan that was basically trying to protect right. the Eight Ghost. Correct. Yeah, and she well she was shell shocked, and then Saint Fourteen yeah. rallied her. Uh, it is noteworthy that. Neither Saint nor Elric died the entire Battle of Six Fronts, uh, which Shax refuses to believe, <laughs> which is a hilarious conversation between all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah we're, we'll uh, get into that. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, the, so those are the, those are the characters. Um, I think I got through all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think that's a pretty good basic introduction to the book before we get into the crazy stuff of of course of the the other uh the advanced stuff all the advanced stuff for this book there's so many little tidbits in this book which are fun unless you guys have any other things that you want to bring up as kind of like that general introduction to this as initial thoughts or feelings about it what do we think I think that this does an excellent job in giving uh, what we have come to kind of expect from Bungie with three-dimensional NPCs to a whole new level, um, <laughs> especially with the speaker. Like, it, it presents... I know I know the speaker's been one of those characters that everyone loves to hate on, um, but with this book and with especially with Constellations... Um, it gives a whole new level of depth to his character uh, that I really appreciate. You can still dislike him for the choices. I mean, I still have problems with some of the choices that he makes as a leader, but it makes a lot more sense now with the context that has been shared from this book and within Constellations. Uh, Shepard, the entry Shepard, does a huge credit to the relationship between Saint and the Speaker. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Shepard. Yeah, Shepard is the one. Mm. Uh, and then um, I think it's... Uh, Bre- uh, is it Bree? No. Margins? Yeah. Margins, part one and part two, is a beautiful look at Osiris and the speakers. Convert- like, their, their way of communicating with each other. Um politics does a pretty good job in showing the tensions that exist between the speaker and it, the thing is is like even though the tensions existed between Osiris and the speaker at least when I was reading it the the implied emotion that I was picking up on was that these were two people who sat on opposite sides of what they what they thought was appropriate but still respected each other mm. like like they didn't agree with like especially 
uh, a couple of the comments that Osiris makes. I, I blend constellations in this book together a lot, uh, but there was a disagreement with regards to the consensus with Osiris and the speaker that we actually get to see the conversation, the argument between the two of them. And even though Osiris doesn't agree with the speaker, he doesn't, it, it's not a dramatic event. It, it, he, he voices his dissent and then he lets it go. Like he, he, you know, he, well, he doesn't let it go, but he, uh, he allows the process to, to operate as it was designed. He doesn't try to throw a wrench in the system. Sorry, I'm having an argument with Isacol. Yes, I, I, she's, yeah. She's upset that they chose pigeon <laughs> as the bird for, for saint. Which, because zebra finches are so much <laughs> pigeons fought back to darkness. <laughs> that would be wicked, amazing. Wicked, wicked's excellent defense. Burp, burp, burp. That was yes. There's the thing is, is that I think pigeons are a very humble, humble bird, and that's one of the things you hear in the dawning cards that we talked about yes. last week. Is that Saint it comes across as incredibly humble, and he <laughs> is. He is all about the. I know she's exactly so mad. Pigeons my are response for eating. <laughs> You're going to use Pigeons. them. You know, maybe that's the point. Maybe he's a sacrificial <laughs> as soon lamb. As you, you know, I, I mean, that's honestly, that is along the lines. I'm like, as soon as they're like, oh, that's the, the bird of the people. I'm like, no. Like, I mean, yeah, sure. It's the bird <laughs> of the people. But there's it's not because they're like a noble bird. Like, it's because they're like rats. They reproduce like crazy. And you can eat them. Cole is currently going, I must know, are these wild pigeons or feral pigeons? Bunchy, that was, that's, tell me! That's Dino. Oh, that Dino. is Dino. I know. Dino's my mistake. Doing, my yeah. mistake. But that, a, but that being said, right. it's like, I mean, Cole to add on these, are these uh, African or European pigeons? Do we know? <laughs> <laughs> what is the average wing beat? <laughs> what oh, is, no. What is the average not... airspeed velocity of an unladen pigeon? These are the things that you oh, ask yourself Lord. when you're hanging, when you do not but hang out in the tower in the last city. Oh Lord, I'm going to kill one of you two, what? and it's probably my co-host because he's more accessible, and it would be less likely to get in trouble for because Anna would agree. Not my bird. <laughs> I think it's a good choice, personally. I, I get why people are upset about it, but I also get why they chose the pigeon. It's like, why did Ben Franklin pick the turkey? Well, like, let's, not, uh, no, no, let's not get down that road. I know, I know. I know <laughs> I that you're not a with huge pigeon. fan of it, but... I stand with pigeon. <laughs> I stand with pigeon. <laughs> pigeon 2. Me too. Pigeon 2. Pigeon two. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. Yep. Oh lord! Not gonna deny that. Sh- but yeah, we're gonna be arguing pigeons at the oh, next QLR. No. Oh my gosh! All right, so freaking pigeon um, apologists. <laughs> shout outs! Shout outs for the intro session. A shout outs to pigeons. <laughs> yeah, and apparently flamingo knees is now now. Fl- <laughs> pigeon, we can. You know some. <laughs> 
Some people have knobby knees. It's a thing. It's okay. While we're at it, is that, does that mean that we can shout out emus and the war that was had against them? No, no. Emus oh, can just, no. You want to talk about the great God. emu war? The great emu war, yes. An actual thing that happened. Oh my goodness. Twice. Yes. Twice. Twice. And they failed both times. Um, so, actual shout out. Shout out to... Termino and all the people yes. that are working hard on that, as well as Cole herself, who is sitting in chat and and enjoying the the banter tonight with us. And shout out to, I do we know who wrote this book in particular? Because this uh, book, I believe it was Nico. I can't remember his last name. Uh, if you give Dino a second, he probably knows. Uh, I want to say it was, he, it was Nico S. I don't know. But <laughs> Nico Stevens. Thank you, Dino. I was like, give Dino 20 <laughs> seconds. Um, yeah, yeah, Nico Stevens. This is a, f- a fun book. Um, I really, I messaged Blue early on. Not, and this is in full disclosure. I mes- messaged Stevens Blue early on. That I was <laughs> nigh, I'm not a huge, I was not a huge fan of this book when I first dove into it. But when I started breaking down the scenes mm-hmm. of the book, it really started coming together a bit better for me because if you just read this book straight through, it seems very disjunct, but if you start understanding it's a journey Mm -hmm. between the two characters, it makes a lot more sense. It's like watching the Witcher, (laughs) which I still need to do. Um, you you still, uh, it's amazing. But like, I mean, it's like, I mean, that's, that's the way, like when I, I started reading and I, I did the same thing green. I read through it first and I was like, I'm like, I, I kind of got through, I think it was the second Moths to Flame, part two. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I think, I think I see where we're going. And then, of course, Foundations jumped in, and I was like, oh, okay, no, the, this makes more sense. Basically, mm-hmm. approach, I would say, approach this book like it's a, uh, it's like a TV show. And each yeah. episode is itself contained. Um, That's why I wrote it in oh, scenes, because yeah. it makes way more sense. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Dino. Yeah, Nico Stevens wrote this book, and then Christine Faraday wrote Constellations. Um, Nice. Perfect. Uh, But shout out to him for that. Um, Yeah, definitely. Huge shout out to that. I'm just going to take a second uh, pertinent to uh, something that I was just, um, you know, mentioning, of course, earlier on in here. Uh, But just in general, just shout out to everyone uh, who is part of this community, who's part of... Uh, just getting out the lore and talking about it, discussing it, um, and really just for the devs, everything, for making this crazy, incredible shared world that we've all decided to uh, become a part of. Mm-hmm. Crazy, incredibly dense world that some of us who enjoy doing roleplay or writing mm-hmm. Fan fiction can dive in and write Yo. fan fiction and be lore accurate and all all sorts yeah, of fun stuff. Yeah, it's, with it's it. not often that you find stuff that's like uh, like a story wherein you know music is constantly being referenced and you're still getting like an incredible um, understanding of the lore, and that's what I try to do. So, yes, blue shoutouts for you. I just really want to say a big shout out to the Destiny lore community who focuses on ornithology. I am really <laughs> impressed with the passion that you all have for this entire this entire 
subset of academic research in if you are not a a huge word fan ornithology is the study of birds (laughs) yeah um fun side note uh while we're on the subject of ornithology um for anyone who happens to cross the streams into james bond the name james bond was specifically chosen by ian fleming well because he thought it was the most boring name he'd ever heard but he got it from a book on ornithology that was penned by a James Bond. Yep, that'll do it for you. That would do it for you. But uh, to close out, you know, I as always, I want to thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. <laughs> Probably ghostwritten by some pigeons. <laughs> <laughs>